Hey, welcome to the intermission. My name is T. Christie, and I'm sitting here next to Brian William Finifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And Trey Ark Stokes. Thank you. Hi. Uh, anyway, we thought... And thank be- you for not saying the creator of Ark, because I'm not. Oh, yeah. The, uh... Oh, Robbie. We'll get there. We thought it'd be cool, uh, just because there's people that know us oddly enough from our podcast and not from the various film <laughs> stuff we've done why we think we're qualified to do a podcast uh, that while all the information available to us in this series of creator ex- episodes of intermission uh, all that information is available elsewhere we thought it'd be a cool place to, to talk about the story of, of the creation of, of various projects we've done that have gotten any amount of notoriety we spend so much time talking about stuff we know nothing about yeah <laughs> we'll talk about this is gonna be a and, weird change of pace we're very actually gonna... authoritative voices yes we're professionals at this Anyway, um, want to get that there. And this first episode, we thought it'd be fun to talk to Trey about his. Uh, has it won any awards? Uh, it has not. I, uh, I, I awarded the coolest web series ever award. The, Thank you. Uh, the, the winner of the Teague Christie coolest web series ever award cool. arc available on Hulu dot com. Some people in the United have said States. that it's not there's, actually there's official a award. Oh, yeah. thank you. And we get, get we give Trey wine. some plum wine. Thank you so much. Uh, available in the United States and Canada on Hulu. I don't. I don't know if. Uh, uh, I think maybe Canada, maybe, uh, but probably not. But anyway, uh, so far the United States. But, but we can uh, talk about that too. What, what actually ties into our last intermission? So uh, where were you in? I guess that would have been about two thousand and seven. It it was actually the saga begins in two thousand and seven, which is kind of <laughs> horrifying to think about. Five years ago, Trey. Five yeah, years. I know. It's uh, and if anyone uh, is curious about how long it takes to get anything off the ground, um, the answer is that long, um, and counting. Um, <coughs> the the saga of uh, uh, of how art came to be is um, it actually starts with Pink Five with uh, the in the fan film series that I did. Um, in 2007, um, studios were just starting to become aware of this thing called the internet, and 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 using it, possibly using it as some some were already doing it, and and others were suddenly going, oh, we want to get a, get a piece of that, um, using the internet as a way to to put out some kind of content, and they were kind of very hazy about well, what kind of content should it be? Well, who knows? I don't know. What do people watch on the internet? I don't know. Um, but all the studios kind of launched various initiatives to do web things under the studio banner um that was you know before then was mostly kind of the the world of amateurs who were just putting things on youtube or wherever they were putting them but suddenly studios go we try and get a piece of this um and you know disney among them among them uh did that and disney slash abc and disney slash abc sort of put it out to to everyone who had a contract to with uh, disney abc because like all studios they they hire people who have a track record of, of success and they literally will give them an office right there on the lot and pay them a fee just to sit in that office and think of things and uh and get first dibs on whatever they thought of that's a good job yeah it's a pretty sweet job if you can get that job um it's an awesome gig can we bring our pets <laughs> yeah exactly you can you can totally do anything um so so at Disney ABC put it out to uh, all their people who had uh, deals and said, hey, think about Internet stuff. You know, if you have any Internet ideas, you know, uh, what, just see if you can come up with something. So a company uh, made up by two guys named Sax Judah, who Gabe Sax and Jeff Judah, who, who had a, uh, a deal at Disney at the time, Disney ABC. And they had an office on the lot, um, said to their assistant, Nikki Savage, um, see what's cool on the Internet. And Nikki Savage turned to her assistant and says, what's cool on the Internet? And then that assistant was a friend of Duncan Fraser, who had ah. participated in uh, in making Pink Five. He was your doppelganger, Luke. Exactly. Who said, uh, Pink Five's kind of cool. Check that out. So Nikki Savage looked up Pink Five, which is still on Adam at the time, said, ooh, this is you know impressive stuff for clearly what was apparently some guy made um, with no resources at all. And... Uh, Got in touch with me. Um, so first I met with Nikki. We actually met at Comic-Con because it was Comic-Con week. And we, I got the call that there was this woman named Nikki Savage who worked at ABC who wanted to talk to me. I'm like, okay, that yeah, because I get that kind of call all the time. 
and we ended up hooking up at Comic Con and talking, and then uh, you know, then I got to go visit the Disney lot and everything else, and uh, just you know, they had this kind of vague mandate of you know, let's think of internet projects. So, so Gabe Sachs and Jeff Judah had some ideas of their own. They kind of optioned some ideas from other people, and the first step we did was we made five trailers for five projects. This is where I, I, I started watching. I moved to L.A. <laughs> at this moment. Yeah. And was, uh, when I moved to L.A., I lived with were Trey you, for Were you living months. in my house? Were when you in my house? When this, was that when? Okay, that's there, how long you've been here. There are some funny-ass <laughs> I don't know if you want to go into those. I'm just saying I was amused during that period of time. Uh, there was was some, it, there I don't even know what you're referring to. So that one of them, aren't you and Chloe the stars of one of them? For the no, that was that was our own project that I wanted to do. Yeah, that, that was, was our in own the same test. period of time, but different. Yeah. No, said, just, well, as long as we're coming up with ideas, this that was an idea that just, I came up with on my own. The wacky ideas, but I still think it's a good idea. Some of the cool wacky ideas that Trey made a pitch for, like this is maybe a show, and this is maybe a show, and, this is, and some of them are just like that's yeah, definitely. And one of them was Ark, and the, yeah. some of the other ones were like, okay, that's awesome, <laughs> yeah. good ideas. Well, the point is of the the five ones that I did for Gabe and Jeff, none of them were my idea. Um, they were, you know, they came from various different sources. Um, some were Gabe and Jeff's ideas where they just kind of had a vague, they had a setup, they had no sense of like what it is. But the whole point of doing a faux trailer is you just want to get people interested enough to go to the next level. So, so we did these, we did five, uh, we did five faux trailers for five very different projects. Um, one of which just happened to be ARC, um, which was, uh, created by a guy named Robbie Thompson, who was at the time was uh, starting to get into the industry as a writer himself, and uh, was working on. He'd worked on Jericho, and he was he went on to work on Burn Notice. I think was his next job, but that was afterward. But he was on Jericho, which was on at the time, and uh, and and all he told me was like it's about uh, people on a giant spaceship, and they don't know why, you know. And so that literally was about all that I was told. So um, I said, "Ooh, okay. Well, I've got a kind of a fun idea of how we can do a trailer for that." So other other trailers were scripted, you know, or came from the people who created them. They wrote the trailer idea, and we did those, and and they had input. But the Ark one was just, I just said, I just have an idea. I'm just going to run with it, and and you know, you can see what you think. Um, and so we made all five trailers, and then Gabe and Jeff would show them around. You know, I made them a DVD, and they would show them people. And and they kept telling me like the one that people keep responding to the most is Ark, is the Ark trailer. Um, which is, you know, cool and stuff. I'm like, all right, great. And so it seemed like, you know, something might happen. And then there was a little thing called the writer strike. Um, and so suddenly... Gabe right and, when I got into town. Yeah, Gabe and Jeff were no longer allowed on the Disney well. lot. Uh, they couldn't go on the Disney lot anymore um, <sighs> because they were on strike. So they had to stand out front with signs. Um, and if you remember the history of the writer's strike, um, after the writer's strike went on for a while, all the studios used it as their opportunity to declare, uh, you know, force majeure or whatever, you know, act of God, which a good strike kind of counts as in some weird legal way, to say, well, since we can't use your services anymore, we're going to terminate your deal. And so, you know, have someone else clean out your office because you can't come on the lot because you're on strike. Um, and they terminated Gabe and Jeff's deal. So while they were out of the sidewalk striking, they lost their deal and their office and everything else. Um, I wasn't in the Writers Guild and the office was just sitting there <laughs> and Nikki worked for ABC she, was, she worked for ABC and was assigned to their office so she wasn't on strike so for about you know several weeks, Nikki and I would just you know I got to drive on. <laughs> I would drive past the picket line, hey, drive onto the lot and go to my really awesome office on the Disney lot. Um, and Nikki and I would continue to kind of come up with projects because the question is like, well, who owns these projects now? Because they were done here, technically out of this office. Which does that mean Disney owns them or who owns them or whatever? And, and uh, it just became this weird gray area. Um, so after after the strike ended, uh, Gabe and Jeff um, were actually 
pleased that they lost their deal because it made them free agents again. They were no longer tied to any studio. They could take anything to anyone. After a whole bunch of legal wrangling that didn't involve me at all, they got the rights back, however they arranged it, to those five projects. They convinced Disney, ABC, that no, you don't own those projects. Those were independently generated. They're not part of our deal. Um, and then they were free to, to shop them around. And then shortly thereafter, they, they uh, got a company called 60 Frames interested in this project called ARC. Dun, dun, dun! dun! Ask me another leading question, because that was just me talking for a long time. So now that we've gotten to the point where you know that you're about to make a thing so, for realsies. So what happened next? It's <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you asked. Well, I do like to, I like the, I like the idea of summarizing the, the sort of the story of it. Yes, and exactly. we'll, we'll ask and then, but therefore. And then, but then what happened? Uh, so it got to the point eventually where, uh, I, I don't know how into the politics of it you want to get, so we'll just talk about your experience. Some of it I, I don't want to get into. Yeah, you know. I, would <laughs> ima- I would imagine not. I'll not um, say some So of let's it. talk about, well, we'll skip ahead a little bit. Um, I noticed that you have a, a, a former famous leading TV star in your web series. Yeah. How do I do that if I want to make a web series? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'll tell you what worked for us. As, the as the a, girl, the the non-Zena girl from Zena, Renee O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, the one who wasn't Zena. The one that they they weren't a couple, but they weren't weren't a couple. You know what I'm saying? They totally were, man. It's totally clear that they were. <laughs> <laughs> as a result, I know more about Zena than I ever did before. Um, uh, Sixty Frames uh, said, "Yeah, okay, sure, yeah, that's cool." Sixty Frames was a company that was an independent company that <gasps> got some seed money, some some millions of dollars, and they were getting into this idea of they were all Hollywood people. Um, started by a former uh, former agent, came out of UTA, and uh, and they had I think UTA was co-sponsoring it, so a lot of UTA clients were going through there, and uh, and Gabe and Jeff were at UTA, so I think that's probably the connection, and uh, and they they had this idea of doing independent, creating independent product, and then placing it wherever they you know could place it. So it was kind of doing a just using the TV model production model, um, just with lower budgets. So. So uh, they they said yeah we'll do arc we want to do we're going to do ten episodes but we want it to be really short they <laughs> the original arc episodes were supposed to be ninety seconds long <laughs> which by the way this ties all the way back into now where if you go to the Hulu page in the Ameri- in the United States everyone's like why are, why are there just the clips I want to see the full episodes yeah yeah I would love to have done they're short episodes guys yeah. sorry and that was a mandate from sixty frames the logic being that people don't watch anything longer than ninety seconds on the internet and even, I I said. I don't think that's true. You hired me because I made a <laughs> yeah. thing that was five, then nine, then, then 14 then, then minutes 15 long. minutes long. And there is a thing called Netflix that shows entire movies. Have you heard of it? Uh, that, that's there, too. Um, but they had this idea, I guess, you know, again, again what, or whatever market they were going to target or, you know, they were going for the cup of noodles market, as some people <laughs> refer to it. It's like literally, the, you know, you're sitting at your desk, you've got five minutes. What can I click on? You know, you're not, you're not going to watch. You're waiting for your cup of noodles to cook. Yeah, literally, you're like, you know, what, what can I, before my cup of noodles is fully set, what am I going to watch, watch for that 90 seconds? What can I watch? It's yeah. weird that you say that because I associated that time with cup of noodles because when I was living at your place, I had, like, I just went to the corner store pretty much, yeah, and I bought, like, your a diet, trash bag yeah. full of cups of noodles. I was like, yeah. this is my food for now. <laughs> that's, that's, I will subsist. It's like it's like being on a space voyage, you know. It's like exactly, <laughs> which brings <laughs> us right back. Yeah. So, um, so so I was against ninety seconds long from from the beginning, uh, and and you'll see that uh, I rebelled by just making them longer. Uh, if you actually watch the show, um, if you see a nine minute episode, that's because I added six and a half minutes of things. <laughs> just kind of found six and a half, seven and a half more minutes of things to do. In the edit. Do. In, In the, the edit. edit. Yeah, I just, I just, by, just by repurposing shots. 
<laughs> I took 90 seconds and made give or take 10 minutes out of it. I might have possibly gone to Renee's house and shot more footage or something like that. Coverage, I don't know. coverage. Coverage, yeah, just pickups um, of entire scenes that didn't exist. Um, anyway, you were asking the Renee story. What, what, so when we went into production, we had this tiny, 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 tiny minuscule budget. You know, it's cra- crazy small. Um, but we, we, Serge Delpierre, who you all know. Um, yeah, he was on our 2001 commentary, exactly. and now he runs Film Grok. That's correct. Uh, who is a, uh, in, in his uh, day job, is a line producer, first AD, among other things, and he was our line producer. And he brought in an actual, honest-to-gosh, casting director, which is nice, who gave us, a, you know, pro bono was our, was our casting director. And she put out, the cast, we had three roles to cast, she put out the casting notice in the same places where everybody else puts their casting notices, which is the official sort of channels where you say, there's a project. Here it is. This is what it is. So Tom Hanks' agent looked at it and went, no. Exactly. But Tom Hanks' agent looked yeah, at exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it went out to those exactly the same places the other casting notices go to. Um, and the But it said, this is the web series. It is no money. You know, It's not a SAG contract. Everything, you know, it's like, it, it was clear about what it was. It wasn't like trying to pass like it was you know, a big movie. Um, and then the casting director said, "Hey, so we got a we got a nibble from Renee O'Connor's manager," and I, of course, you know, immediately said, "Who the fuck is that?" Um, and they said, "It's the girl from she was the sidekick on Xena Warrior Princess," and I was like, "Well, I recognize those words, so okay, so she was on a TV show. Um, why on earth would she be interested? I can't imagine why she'd be interested." Um, they said, "Well, you should call the manager," and I said, "Yeah, this is gonna be the quickest phone call." You know, on record. So I called her manager, Michelle, who I know, you know now I'm friends with, but, uh, you know, didn't know it at all at the time. And, uh, you know, and she immediately, like, started talking to me as if I was, you know, they had a Paramount or something. And I'm like, yeah, see, there's a there's a disconnect here. <laughs> there's a confusion. And we're going to clear this up. And she's going to this call is going to be over soon. And, and she was like, well, you know, so what is it? And the thing that attracted them was it said Sax Judah and Sa- Gabe Sax and Judah. You know, they are established TV movie guys. They, you know, they've produced many television shows. They're real people in the real industry. So that was the name that got them interested. It wasn't me, certainly, or the, that, that uh, drew her attention. But she was like, oh, Sax Judah. So, so then she's talking to me as if I'm Sax Judah. And I'm just some numbnut who makes fan films that they hired to make this thing. Um, and so one of the, one of the things is, uh, I, she says, well, what's, the, what's, you know, what's it pay? And I said, uh, it doesn't pay anything. <laughs> and I thought, this is where I'm going to hear click. You know? But she said, um, well, it really should say that in the ad. And I said, doesn't it say that in the ad? Because it was supposed to very explicitly say that seems like that was an important detail that should be there. And she said, wait, oh, I guess it does say that. (laughs) (laughs) Only then did she notice that, no, there's no money. There's not not a paying gig. Get the fuck out of here with money. Exactly. Money. Money, hey. Remember the cup of doodles? To to her credit, we continued the conversation even after that little revelation. And and she said, well, Renee's interested, so uh, what do we do? So um, it just turned out that... uh, that Renee, at the time, by this point, Gabe and Jeff were producing the new 90210. They were the producers for the first season of the new 90210, so they landed on their feet pretty well. Um, and Renee, at the time, lived like literally four blocks from the studio where they were shooting 90210. So I said, well, this is convenient. You know, she can literally, you know, come from her house and meet us on the set. Although we have to make it clear that this is not ARC. <laughs> this, is a, this is a multi-million dollar television series. It is not ARC. ARC is not going to be like this. Make uh, it clear, but still kind of enjoy your surroundings. Exactly. So, so Would you like some lobster? Yeah. I, act like you belong there. Yeah. I mean, another, another question I remember Michelle asked me is like, uh, well, you know, um, Renee needs to get a trailer. And I said, well, then we're done because trailer. <laughs> what? There's no, no one there's no one gets a trailer. We could put a chair in the bathroom. That's like, I, said, I, said, I said, at the studio we're using, there's a room that isn't purposed for anything. She could use that. It's got a couch. 
It's a closet, I think. But if I recall, a... it even had a mirror. It did have a mirror. It had a mirror in it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So she got that. A-list, baby. Yeah. A-list. Measure that. It's bigger than any other closet with a mirror in that entire facility. So um, so we got to go, mostly for me, I mean, here I am, I'm I'm like, you know, I'm the guy who's like, I get to go to the 90210 set. You know, I'm all geeking out, not, not over 90210, but just over being on a set. And I go there, and there's Jessica Walker's going this way, and there's, you know, it's just like huge, you know, big, big dollar movie making going on. And then we're waiting for Renee to come up. Um, so I had, in the meantime, I'd like, thank you, Netflix, had watched like several Xena episodes, of which I had never seen none. And so I'm like, okay, so Renee O'Connor, what's her trip? And, and I watched these Xena episodes. And first of all, I was like, first of all, Xena's a messed up show. That's a wacky show. <laughs> you ever get a chance to see it? Because talk about a show that changed over the years. It started out kind of goofy, kind of lighthearted, kind of slapsticky, and then wacky. It got, like dark mythology. You know, and, and Renee's character in the first season was like the the dingy ingenue, like la la la, help me, save me, I fell down. And then and then like I skip ahead three seasons, and now her hair's all short, and she's killing people with sticks, and people are getting crucified, and I'm like. What the hell is going on with the show? I just it's insane. But um but I was really struck by the fact the thing that struck me about it is I said, you know, I don't care that she was on a show called Xena because we weren't going to go with names because that was going to be we thought that would be a problem. But um I watched her and I thought, well, she's really good. And if you can be really good on a show this nutty and sell the crazy things that they're doing, you know, she clearly can act against green screens and tennis balls on sticks because that's what she was doing here. And she's making it work, so maybe she is what we should, you know, I'll talk to her, yeah, let's, let's bring her in, so. And you hadn't met her at this point, right? Oh, I hadn't. of course I hadn't met her. I so, didn't know who she was the day before. At one point, did, you don't get particularly starstruck, do you? No. And you had seen a couple episodes, so when she walks up to you, you're just like, oh, hey. I got, I got pretty girl struck, because ah. she came, you know, she was, she was, you know, looking to, you know, she was, you know, going to an audition, even though it wasn't an audition, she wasn't going to read, it was literally just a meet and greet and to see, you know, what we all thought of each other. But she got dressed. Yeah, and she, and she's not unattractive, that Renee, so, so I. She got first date dressed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got, you know, I, I got all, I didn't get starstruck, but I got like, wow, ha ha ha, hi. And my, and my stupid, uh, you know, fanboy story was, I got to the set, you know, ahead of time, and they just served lunch, and they were having barbecue, and I was like, free food, Yeah. Um, that's why I love the movie business. So I'm like loading up on barbecue, and then she walks up eight seconds later, and I shake her hand, and I covered her hand in barbecue sauce. That was how we met. That was how we started off. I like, Hi, I'm Trey. Here's some Germex. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. Would you like some, you know, maybe a napkin? Um, and and she sort of assumed I was a real person, you know, and I'm like, I'm just visiting here. I'm here for the free food. I don't know what the fuck. What were you on. wearing? Whatever I normally wear. Okay, you know, so as, you weren't like dressed up as in like good a tux. As, as good as I can look, you know, you know how good that is, you know. It's, it's, just a guy. Just a guy. Like, hi, how you doing? Whatever your first date dress is. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, you know, you're pretty much looking at it right now. So, because I figure, you know, get the disappointment out of the way. Uh, yeah. If you were, uh, I, I, I figure, I won't have, I don't think any of us will have this uh, to contend with for the next 20 years, but <laughs> someone older than 20 on a film set, we're now these days, like everybody on the film set's like 20 years old, and they've either done a YouTube series or they're fresh out of film school. And they're shooting with a function, like a digital still camera. We won't have this problem. But like someone over the age of twenty on a film set has got to be something like, if they don't know who you are and you're there, it's got to be like a, who's that guy? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm here's my card, kind of thing. Is that, that it was? It was at all? Yeah, it was assume, just being a random dude there. What made people assume that like I was somebody DP? was I I walked on to the set with Jeff with Gabe. 
you know, I walked on with the executive producer. Clearly, I had to be somebody. So you're like, they think you're like the aloof guy who yeah. owns the world. Yeah, exactly. I might, I might, I might be his nephew, but that still means you got to, you know, kiss up to me. So, so I did get that sort of, you know, he. That's why you got the brother. He's at the left hand of the king. You know, he must. Uh, he was, um, in fact, one of the things that happened that really kind of cracked me up was they were they were literally dressing one of the sets. The the set of the high school for 90210 was an indoor set. And um, and they were doing a scene of all things of how the kids were um, going to do. They have an in school video webcast that they do, a little podcast webcast thing that they're doing. And they were setting up the set of this is where they do their webcast from. And it was a, one of the classrooms had a green you know green wall, and they had some camera gear that they, the prop department had brought in. And I, I walked onto the set with with Gabe and uh, just sort of hanging out. And Gabe's you know the job of being a TV movie producer is. You walk on the set and everyone has questions for you. I mean, literally, they said they drove cars past and said, which car do you think so-and-so should drive? Red Mercedes? Black Mercedes? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm like, more money just drove past than the entire budget of my movie, you know, the project that I'm having to make, this web series. Meanwhile, back on the day, Gabe goes, that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, I think that one. You know, that's, that's the job at that level. But you are besieged with questions. So, um, so they were in this classroom set, and it was like, okay, so they're doing the scene here, and and uh, and Cape Cape said, uh, you know, you know, well, ask Trey about that stuff, and then he disappeared, and, ah. so, and suddenly the crew, the crew, I swear to God, the crew is asking me like, well, uh, which camera do you think? Because it was like there was a Canon, there was a this camera, you know, the, all the options, and the, you know, and I said, uh, I think the Canon is probably the most popular. It's kind of the most iconic, you know. <laughs> Everyone like, knows that white lens with the black rack. Yeah, on exactly. It. That just says you know high end camera, you know, as opposed to the black one. So let's go with that. And you know, I think that'd be a th- so. I'm suddenly, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like this. What? What's going on? I, what's happening? I don't understand. Did uh, you ever watch that episode? I've never seen that episode. <laughs> I'm curious. It's not like I, you know. Even though a, you like set directed it. Yeah, <laughs> made a huge impact on it. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's just the kind of crazy stuff. That's not the first time that's happened to me on a set either. I had I, on my favorite Martian, which uh, the director walked off and said, "Okay, you you do the rest of this scene." Like, huh? Uh, yeah, because and, and, and <laughs> the rest of it's going to be effects plates, so you just you know what you need to get. Go ahead, gone. <laughs> and I was like, "Huh?" You flip your hat around backwards and yeah. start pointing at yeah. things. Turn your hat around backwards and start looking through the lens as if you know what you're doing. That's that's pretty much the whole trick. So so this is the atmosphere that Renee walks into, and then so we sat down with her and, and talked about it, and um, and she said, you know, we talked about the general gist of it, and you know, hey, how you doing, and blah blah blah, and and uh, it was me and her and Jeff, uh, me and her and Gabe, and. Um, you know, and we all, you know, we all hit it off because she's just totally cool. There was no pretension to her whatsoever, and 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 she's just, you know, seemed like a really fun person. And she was like, really interested in, for her own purposes later, which she did later get into. She's gotten into directing and making her own low budget, self financed film. She's been doing a lot of that since, and she wanted to sort of watch someone else do it. See how that works. <laughs> exactly. She wanted to sort of get a sense of, you know, okay, let's see how somebody does that. Um, so that was her interest, uh, even more so than the material at first, and. Uh, and so, you know, we all just sort of got along as people, and she was like, oh, okay, so this, this could be fun. And I, I kept stressing all the negatives. I even almost flat out told her, you don't want to do this. I said, you know, look, it's a tiny budget. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be, you know, there's, there's no frills. It's, you know, we're going to be moving really fast. And, and she was like, well, when isn't it like that? It's always like that. And I was like, oh, you're, you're kind of cool. I kind of like you. you know, cause, cause, so by the time, I was like, she's got the chops from what I've seen of her, you know, on the TV show. And she seems cool. And she says, let's, you know, we should just try it, I think. And I was like, well, that's the right attitude. So now I love her. I think she's exactly who I want. Uh, whether she was a star or not, she's who I would cast. Um, and then she said, uh, so when can I see a script? Oh, 
<laughs> because we were still frantically hacking and cutting and pasting on the script. This was Friday, and we were shooting on Tuesday, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, yeah, we're, we're on the grid. We're legit. Yeah. So, you know, the, we the, check out. The, the, the we typical totally check out. We have barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're standing here. Gabe's picking Mercedes. We're on a set we've that got we got ribs, invited to be on. Ribs, I'll have you know. Yeah. We've got fucking ribs. So that, Canon there you go. Ca- that Canon camera, my idea. Yeah. To put yeah, that yeah. in the background. And Somebody uh, is paying for all of this. Yeah. This it's is not a, me, and it's this not is for a, the thing we're doing. A privileged but. Hollywood area, and I am reacting to photons and <laughs> occupying space right here. Right in so, front of uh, you, like a totally legit person. So, uh, can you be there at 7 on Tuesday? Yeah, for free. Um, so, yeah. I'm assuming the script came together before you started shooting something. The script came together. We, we worked on it over the weekend. It was like, when are you saying yeah, Sure. When are you going to send me that hey, script? The train job. Same same thing. That's right. Welcome to television. Um, so, so you get to the point. Robbie I and I, uh, meanwhile, uh, Robbie and I are literally at the, like you do, we went to the Bob's Big Boy in Studio City. Uh, oh, yeah. Many a script has been written at the last minute there. And, uh, if you ever come to L.A., everyone talks about In-N-Out, but snag a, a Big Boy burger. They're actually really tasty. They make them juicy somehow. Yeah, and the, and the one on Studio City, it's right down the the, the road from, from many of the major studios. It's it's one of the hangouts. You'll, you'll almost always see somebody there if you go there. Um, and, and if you'd gone there in 2008, you would have seen me and Robbie in a booth. Um, Two assholes writing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> writing and writing a web series. So we kind of hacked and cut and pasted, and, you know, you know, I guess this is the script. Yay, let's go. And so I sent that to Renee, and, and she didn't say no. So come Tuesday, all of a sudden you have to go from – Mr. Holy Shit Stokes to Mr. Director Stokes. Yeah, and you had the studio, if I recall correctly, for two, three days. We had it. We had it for four days. Monday we weren't shooting. Monday was our load-in setup. Right. And the actors came in for wardrobe and read-through. And I was there for these days. And this was at a stage just to paint a picture for you uh, in the Mid North Valley. So not like on the far side of the valley, but not near Hollywood either. Sort of just in the middle of the. The nothingness that is the San Fernando swatch of community. Laurel Canyon Stages.com, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's called Laurel Canyon Stage or Laurel Canyon Stages. Or and when I walk in pull out your set of fireflies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, look we'll, at the fireflies. Look at there. But uh, uh, not the fireflies. As but I walk into the set. stage, uh, my experience, just to color it before we go back to Trey, uh, I, I've been on uh, lots and yeah, we, studios we and jump back. So, so meanwhile, there's this kid in from out of town, thinks he wants to be in the movie industry, living in my house for free. I said, guess what, dude? You're working on this project. It wasn't for free. I was Come, paying you $200 a month rent. Come with. I don't remember that. I, I did. I gave you $200. I did. I did. I paid you. And I also I gave you cups of noodles. Okay, that's um, true. The cups of noodles I remember. You're welcome. And uh, But my experience at the time was probably my first uh, walking into a situation like that experience, but texturing it now with what i've seen since it's a nice stage it's a standing stage and it's got you know it's kind of divided into halves it's this big maybe two football fields next to each other or a smaller box that's cut in half and one half is all green screen and the and the cage and 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 like setup area and offices and the other side is just a bunch of standing ass spaceship sets yeah how convenient Trey. yes and it was cool i mean it was a nice it was exactly what you'd look for in a in a studio area up to and including literally having your set built for you. Yeah. Well, we couldn't have done it any other way. And uh, and that set, uh, as apparently, is it still up? They were going to take there. it down, but then they didn't. They were going to take yep. it down, and, and the whole the whole town went, no! We need that for our porns and our episodes yeah. of Firefly. That set's been in constant use for 20 years now. The set on Firefly was built for Firefly, but in the episode Bushwhacked, when they go into that other ship, that's the arc set. Yeah. Not to and be confused. you'll see it pop up all over the place. There's a the asylum shoots there all the time. Yep. It's a standing, uh, cool-looking, alien-esque in terms of set design, kind of grungy, 
spaceship set. It's and you basically, can see pictures of it if you go to the Laurel Canyon. And website. it's crazy looking back on how uh, the actual layout of when you look at the beginning of Star Wars when uh, they bust down the door and they're shooting the rebels and three PO and R two run <laughs> past that. That entire sequence took place in a thirty foot long hallway with a ten foot like arm on the side of it, so like an L shaped sort of thing, and. The exact same thing with the stage, where the entirety of Ark was shot on, like, basically a hallway and a room. Yeah. Anyway, but at the stage... There's one, there's one entire set that we didn't even use, which uh, yeah, yeah. We, I held back. So I walk in, and then there's Trey Stokes, the director. <laughs> and it was... Uh, what was the experience like for you? Once we got on the set, it was so much better. Because <laughs> I I, that's, my, that's my favorite part of the process, first of all. It's the only part of the whole process I like. Everything, everything before shooting and everything after shooting sucks. I hate all that stuff, and and it's really it's really not very fair, I think, because there's so much more before and after than there is the good part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially on Ark, three days of shooting and a year of post. I mean, that's like a prison. <laughs> well, sentence. you like that's, sets anyway. I like Plus sets you're anyway. In charge. It's 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 good to be the king. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I you know it's even on even on an asylum movie. You know, it's like I stand over there, and next thing you know, someone's throwing a chair behind me and a monitor in front of me. And I'm like. Thank you. Let me ask you this. This should happen all the time. Uh, everywhere through, I go. Everywhere I go, this should be the norm. Obviously, uh-huh. through Pink Five and, what was it, Brain Dog? What was the name of the web Alien series? Dog. Alien Dog. Um, you, you had directing experiences before. Uh, and I've been doing but, all the short films. Right, exactly. You, films. You've done that sort of stuff before. But going into, like, a big-ass crew, all that stuff, real actor actor person, it's the biggest, nice most professional crew yeah. I had worked with at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Did it, did it play out? And As a director. You, and you'd been on... A many many sets before yeah. that but did it play out for you as someone who's having to be the guy did it was that what you expected out of it was there something that was like fucking yeah that happened that's crazy <laughs> no aside from your usual production hiccups it's you know that like that was the, that was the one time it's like okay f- you know i can finally not that i can not that i relax is the wrong word um because it's crazy to direct but I mean, now you understand everything yeah it's like and i i had spent several months i mean it was a luxury it was kind of you know it's it's unfortunate and painful to have to do pre-production. I much prefer to go, let's just wing it. Yay. Um, but I actually had several months to to think about this before we built up to it. And I had planned everything. I mean, I picked the fact that we were using the stage. I picked, you know, the, I built some of the props. I co-built the spacesuit set, you know, the set prop that we had, you know, the one spacesuit we had. And, you know, because that's, so I, you know, I spent a lot of time just kind of thinking about the bits and pieces and sort of, and so I had a plan of my own, but I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm so used to just doing my own gun and run where I'm the cinematographer and everything else that, um, that I, I, you know, I, it's not like I was even at the level of like, here's our shot list for the day. It, it was just like, everyone just like stay close and, you know, and I'm just going to like, to remember the hit- context, you have 10 episodes that are give or take probably a four page average. Yeah. So like 40 minutes of shit to shoot. Something like that, maybe 30. Yeah. It's 45 minutes. It's 45 minutes of finished material now. Um, at the time, on page, on the Shooting page, it was less. Shooting for a 45-minute project in three days on a set. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> in three days. Good I luck. I know. With, well, like, almost nothing but volunteer work. Pretty much. It was 50-50. There was some... We, some the, 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 the way it works, and this is a fun fact for anyone who's in, um, is the lower you are in the totem pole in a low-budget film, the more likely it is you're going to be paid. Um, because the you know, the actors are there to get exposure, the director's there to to be say I directed this thing. The cinematographer's there to show off their work. If you're the grip, 
this this project is not going to get you more work. Right. You're just doing it for the money. Exactly. So it's it's only fair to give people at that level money because that's all that you know. And, and that does not extend to the production assistants. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if you're that low on the totem pole, then then the theory is, and I subscribe to it, that you you literally are here just to see what this is like. I mean, you know, at that level, it's perfectly appropriate to go look. This is what the world is. Whatever you thought being on a movie set is like, this is what it actually is. You know, and just to be able to you know see that is is a valuable thing. Because Chloe was there as a, a PA slash helping with art department. Yeah, she was I, just the general. Yeah, go there, she, she help those just, guys. Yeah, yeah and, and Chloe's good at that because she did tech for five yeah, years. Yeah, and she has you know a wide variety of completely disconnected skills, which is exactly what you want. And she's unassuming and all that. And I was there like. Okay, there's a lot of visual effects stuff. You should be there too. And I'm like, the guy who's directing this knows how to do all this better than I do. So I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I'll stand there. And then like it came to be, do we need motion? Do we need another tracker there? Yeah, you should put two more trackers on that wall. And then I'd wait for another two hours for someone to ask me a question that I get answered with any amount of fucking <laughs> efficacy. Yeah. And I didn't get paid. And I don't, uh, she got, she did get paid. Chloe got money. She probably did. I don't. I, don't I could go check the books. This is reverse sexism, Trey. Yeah, I don't like it. So you shoot the thing. Was well, that we, we were just beginning the man session back then? So, yeah. You know. Did, you, did <laughs> yeah. you uh did you lose any hair? Did you did you sweat bullets? No. Uh, the, the was thing, it enjoyable? The weird. I, I loved it. I it was uh, you know even when it was even when we had a couple of train wrecks. You know that's again it's that weird bizarre tightrope situation of you know. Okay, so we can't do what we thought about doing, and twenty people are looking at you going, "So what now?" And you kind of go, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do." <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do instead. Yeah, I'll make it work later in editing. You know, it's like I, the 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 fallback is I'm I'm gonna pay for this later. It's not like I'm a big big director who I'm going. Oh, I'm gonna bone some poor roto guy later. It's like I'm gonna bone myself because I'm gonna be doing this roto. Uh, you know, I'm only hurting myself by shooting this shot, but I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. But um, I recall uh, the pre-production questions you were asking stuff. Uh, this was after you had done quite a bit of Return of Pink 5 Volume 2 and some of Volume 3 on your own. And you were, an, you were an After Effects user at the time. And you were like, just make like six screens that we can just kind of paste everywhere. And uh, yeah. we think we're going to need this and that. I'm like, okay, this. And then we did the trailer for Comic-Con prior to this in the story. And I made a big spaceship that I cobbled together from parts of other spaceships, mostly. And um, that all happened. I remember I caught a piece of the uh, International Space Station in there. No. Yes. yes <laughs> you did I not. Did. I totally did. That was your generic space capsule that I modeled from scratch. Uh-huh. We paid for it. Fuck you. It's we had perfect, the license. It's perfect. It's paid for by government money. We own the design of the International Space Station. Plus, we paid the license fee for that actual model, so it's okay. Yeah, so you could have left that sentence out, and we would have been totally fine. Anyway, <laughs> but at the time, it was very much like Trey's like, okay, this, oh, I don't want to do that. Let's get the camera this way, and then I don't have to do that effect over there. I remember that actually being a part of your thought process throughout the photography of it. And and as visual effects artists, don't we wish more directors had that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and as a visual effects supervisor, I mean, again, I did have that experience, except the conversations were just in my head rather than between two people. But I was able to go, yeah, I mean, this shot is good, but do you realize that if you just move the camera two feet down... Less, suddenly, there's suddenly no yeah. There's no there's no roto suddenly. All is of this sudden. shot really worth that yeah. three a.m. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna this session. is a three day job when we yeah. bu- we budgeted this shot as a two day job. Just FYI. So you're getting two hours of sleep a night. You're <laughs> shooting the thingy. You're showing. You're you're, you're 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 thinking about stuff before you get there. You get there. You shoot. You're yeah. done. You look at what you've got. You're looking at dailies. You're showing them to producers and all that stuff. That period ends, and now you've got a bunch of footage, and people that have that have gone home to their houses. 
And where's <laughs> yeah, Ark, Trey? The lucky bastard. I would jump back and, and talk about you. You touched on something that was actually the most the, the one surprise really that came up was, um, you know, this is a tiny budget thing. They, you know, I'm, I'm, some people were were leery of actually saying what the budget was. Um, we actually said it in an article that's available um, online, so it's not a thing. But the budget for Ark was fifty thousand um, dollars. And, and and more than once, people have asked me that question and said, "What was the budget on Ark?" And I say fifty thousand. They go per episode. No, <laughs> <laughs> fifty thousand was the budget on Ark all in. That's it um, for everybody who worked on it and all their days of work and, and everything that happened and everything on screen and every bit of making it. Fifty thousand dollars. That's it. That's what it cost. Um, that's or that's what we paid. Um, a lot of you know, it doesn't take into account a lot of free labor on my part and a lot of other people's. You know. I think Trey's yearly fee is more than 50 grand <laughs> and he worked different. on it for a year afterwards yeah. just rotoscoping then shit. Then I worked on a year doing all the editing and the effects and everything else. But the well, what, here's the point is, you know, this is just one of the little one of the many little web series that that 60 Frames was financing. We weren't the only one. They had dozens of projects going out there and most of them were kind of exactly what you think they are at that level of budget and just like, "Hey, it's a web series, do whatever you want." Um I made what I kind of in retrospect feel like was a mistake, although it wasn't a bad thing at all, but um we shot the first day, the first actual day of shooting. Um, I, I I took the f- the files home and just just to sort of first verify that you know they're working because it was a new format for me and you know I want to make sure it worked to my computer and I could load them into After Effects and Premiere and edit the thing. Um, and then it was like, oh look, okay, you know, okay, that looks good, that looks pretty cool. So just because you know I'm I'm so loaded up on caffeine, I'm not going to go to sleep yet. I just sort of kind of knocked together a rough cut of a scene that we'd shot that day and kind of stuck it together. And it was like, and it's like well, oh, yeah, I did a thing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of fun. It's like, well, all right, I, you know, I'm still awake. I might as well just compress it and put it online. And, and, and 60 Frames had a, had a built-in sort of upload process of their own dedicated FTP server where you could, you know, show works in progress. It was a whole system they had in place where it was, that we were already using that was a dedicated place to, to upload completed shows or rough cuts or whatever it is they wanted to be to look at so it's like you know it's midnight or whatever and it's like hey send out an email hey so i uploaded you know a quick uh, rough cut of uh, one of the scenes we shot today and uh, you know a couple of other demo shots that we did just so you can see what we're doing anyway all right um the next morning everybody was on set um the head of uta which is one of the biggest agencies in town um, the head of United Talent Art, Art Agency, United Talent Art Agency, um, uh, United Artists, United Talent Agency. Yeah, United Artists is a production company, uh, or was. But the the uh, head of UTA, but but <laughs> you know, I was introduced to the head of UTA, one of the biggest talent agents, and I didn't even know who it was. But Gabe came to the set because everyone was like, "Gabe, oh my God, what's this amazing thing you do?" And suddenly we had visitors coming and going, and I I hate visitors on the set. I policy I don't like visitors on the set. And I was like, "Who the fuck is this now? Jesus Christ!" And Gabe was like, "It's the head of UTA." I'm like, fine, whatever, you know, Jesus. But um, so I literally like, "Hey, how you doing?" Shook hands, boom. And then later, Gabe was like, "That was the head of UTA." I was like, "Oh, you could have told me that before." Yes, <laughs> but it's like these these people were standing there, and they they were. The overall, you know, even Gabe, because Gabe was like, yeah, you know, no, go shoot your thing. Now Gabe was on the set, and Gabe was just, like, amazed. Because here we were, you know, a lot of the people on the crew were, like, Pink Five 
people had been on Pink Five, and we're all sort of low-budget garage band guerrilla people. And these are, you know, these are people who are used to the big, big, big budget Hollywood world where they go, well, we would shoot, but we're waiting four hours for the sun to come over this way. And My trailer doesn't have a pop-out bathroom. Exactly. And they, these people were standing off to the back, and, 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 and for the lo- I was told afterwards that they were largely amazed that we were just, like, burning through these, <laughs> just burning through shots. Just like, boom, 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 over here, camera here, wang, you know, light here, bam, you know, and ready, act. Brilliant. Moving on. Zoom. And, um, you know, they were looking like this whole set. It was like, did they build a set? No, that set existed. They just decorated it. Like, what? I'm not kidding. So everyone was like, you know, let's go see the, what the crazy monkeys are doing out, out in, you know, somewhere in the middle of uh, Laurel Canyon. So that was actually the fun part was, was suddenly we were like, for those three days, suddenly we get. You were, we were like, like in a circus. We were the cool set to go visit among certain circles of Hollywood people. You know, it's like, watch, watch those crazy kids making a movie at, at like high speed. It's nuts. At the time, did it occur to you that previously you had been the guy who got to go to the cool hook set and see what they were doing? Never got to like go that. to the hook set, but um, there was you had a story along those lines though, where it's like uh, yeah, it's always a cool set. Returns. It's always fun to go. You're to, working uh, here. Go over there. Check it out. Just look. Just look at it. Yeah, it's always fun to do that. I the love, the I love Armageddon set. It was, was the Armageddon set. I never got to go on, but uh, sadly, I never managed to. See it. But that was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I sneaked other people onto the Batman Returns set, which was a hot set to be on. But, so a big oh. ass powerful. Cool boner <laughs> is now dwindling. Yeah, and then suddenly it's and now me you at have home. several hard drives full of footage. Yeah, and someone's asking you, "So where's Ark? And so when's it, is it going to be yeah. ready for Comic Con? It's in two months." Yeah. Well, no, uh, Comic Con was the next week. We shot, and Comic Con was the following week. Um, I threw together, as you remember, that's when we threw together the trailer um, based on some just quick comps. You Wait know. a second. I remember you were, weren't you weren't you shooting Ark in January? Because I remember I had just moved out here myself, and no, Ark was just in become, July. Mark was in July, just roommates. before Comic Con, the week before Comic Con. You did move out here in January. Yes, yes, thank you. I remember that. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm doing my own calculation because well, I got here in October and you were here like a month and a half later. Well, I remember very distinctly. Maybe I'm pu- putting this way earlier, but I remember moving out here and you and I had just moved in together in January, and I I knew you were you were working on this. It's like, hey, does do you guys need any help? Because I I want to help out. I want to be on the cool sci-fi set. And you're like, no, we're good. No, we might have been talking about... I was uh, like, are you sure? Well, well at the time... In January, though. Yeah, in January, we would have been working on, like, the AMTP... Uh, AM, oh, God, I can't do it. AMPTP. Strike stuff. AMPTP, yeah. Yeah. And also, that was during the that pitch time. That was before we shot ARC. Yeah, that was during the pitch time, and that was also when we were doing the origin-y other pitch stuff. Hmm. Stuff yeah. was going on, but I, not ARC. I definitely remember it being ARC, though, so maybe I'm just throwing it way earlier. Yeah, I, I don't know. Timeline. Okay. I don't think ARC... I, I, uh, at the time, I was living with a guy. I don't remember hearing the word "arc" until the pitches, which would have been in January. So maybe, uh, maybe. it would have been the sort of thing because at the time I knew you were Mr. Space Guy, and I would have said, "Hey, cool space thing, right?" And you were like, "Yeah, you need help." And I was like, "There's nothing to no." Maybe, maybe that's it. The pitch trailer. I need help. The pitch trailer I roped Hanel in. He was he was the guy that I went to 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 help do that one. Hanel did the effects on that one. I do recall that. Yes. Yeah. And that was earlier. Oh, I'm putting it together now. Okay, and then after the, we finished the sh- the shoot, you finished the shoot. I was around a little. Yeah. Um, then it was like in a week they want to have something to show at like a booth at Comic Con. In a week, I wanted to. It was totally independent. No one, really? no one told me anything. I said, I said we got Comic Con coming up in a week. Renee, you know, Renee's going to do a thing. Adam, Adam asked me to be at their booth because I was like the Pink Five guy. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to talk about Pink Five. I got nothing to say, but I just shot this other thing. So I, think <laughs> I pulled Renee in and I said to Adam, Hey, so Renee O'Connor from Xena Warrior Princess needs a place to like sit and sign autographs. Can we use the time for that? So Adam gave us their booth for an hour. So that Renee could sign autographs and I could promote Ark, neither of which has anything to do with Adam <laughs> films. Uh, but that was like, they were like, fine, yeah, whatever. And that was when I made a, the preliminary, and it doesn't look anything like the final 
very Which long, to, very long spaceship. Didn't need to be. It's a. Yeah. It's a. I, th- I still think that for a teaser trailer that we did literally a week after the shoot ended, that's a good trailer. So you had a long experience with Comic Con, and we're still like right about to get to the point where it just becomes your hell for a year. Yeah. But not there yet. No. You had a long experience with Comic Con. Uh, on stage and in panels that was and stuff the, like that. That was also, I believe, the year that Dorkman and uh, and Ryan, Renee, and I also went to Comic Con that same that same day and did the Fan Film Awards and presented what turned out to be an award to Dorkman. Yeah, that would have been the year after two thousand seven, which was that when two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're there and you're like Mr. Hotshot. Look at this guy next to the chick from the the sci fi show with a trailer to show, and you're you're talking about it and getting people like bootlegging yeah. camera phone interviews with you on YouTube and shit. Pretty much the peak of my life. It's all been downhill since then. That's got to be. You still wouldn't have actually slept since the shoot at that point. <laughs> no, no. That's was, exciting. I was I was. If you see, there are videotapes of me where I was completely incoherent. I'd I'd been I'd been up for all the entire week. I'm um, narc. <laughs> and then I even had to the go series. on stage. Com, uh, I went stage at Adam uh, for the Adam Film Awards, and they you know. Don't ever watch the video of that because I God knows what I said. Okay, so then you go home from Comic Con, and then and you're yeah. the guy who's then reality set in, and I actually had to finish the thing. So you have uh, all this footage. They want they want the web series. Yeah. Then what? <laughs> yeah, this is where then I started wishing that I'd made them ninety seconds long. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you're cutting together shit with green screens and like like text on top of the screen like we should add this yeah. and stuff like that. I'll tell you here's here's the the major the major miscalculation I made and it was like it was something that didn't hit me until I was into it and I was like, "Ooh, I didn't take this into account." Um is I'd never done a high def project before. That slows down Premiere a little bit. The older it's, version Premiere. It slows down my old computer quite a bit and also the fact that wow, everything is, you know, my my computer's every frame there's four times as much data to crunch, you know, and, and everything has to look that much better because it's high def now. You know, it made working on Pink 5, like, that was, I didn't know how good I had it when I was doing Pink 5, you know. It's like, just a bunch of Facebook pictures in a row. <laughs> yeah, really, now it's like, Jesus Christ, I gotta really work at this. Um, plus the fact that I wanted it to be good, which is really, a you know, a terrible trap to fall into. It's right. so much easier when you don't care. Yeah. So I was, you know, working on Thank pretty hard. Thank you, this is what I've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, you see my point. So what was... Uh, so I was able to pretty quickly knock out a couple of close to acceptably done rough cuts of a couple of the shortest episodes, which meant then immediately made 60 frames go, awesome, where can we get the rest? I'm working on them. So I kept, I kept on working. Teague just walked away. <laughs> now I don't know what I'm going to say next. <laughs> See, <laughs> well, you, were thought, get, you were going to ask a question. I was going to ask you, I was going to say, enough. well, it took, uh, the exciting part of the story is the, the six months prior to, what was the next year like? It was hell. Um, hell, but it was also awesome. at that point. What was your duty? What did you have to do at that point? I had to f- deliver. I had to get get it done. Um, I literally my contract for Arc was one page long. It said, "You you will make this. <laughs> you make this, or you go to jail." <laughs> That's what it said. That's it. You will make it. You don't own it. You don't have any claim to it. It's a work for hire. You have no further title to it. You just you just agreed to do it. To which I said, "Okay." <laughs> I guess was, I'll do were it. there any stipulations? Was it just like you do whatever has to be done to make it, and then it is made? Yes, and it is ours, and then it is yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it has to be done to our satisfaction. Yeah, it's nice because it was a one-page contract, so it was very clean and clear. <laughs> Not a lot of legalese to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was very easy to understand. It was how uh, much can you go into and in talking about you know because in sixty frames obviously ceased to be an entity. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's the next part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, go talk about that aspect and how it 
are, ended up getting put on the shelf for a long time. Yeah. And then the after all that come, work, then it didn't yeah. matter because who cared? Right. And then um, it coming off the shelf. Just as I, you know, they would check in, but I, I actually said this, uh, and this is to 60 Frames' credit. Um, I said, uh, you know, I, I, I would literally, and I don't know if to this day if, if Gabe and Jeff truly believe this, but uh, for that year, other than like the number of days I can count on one hand, that year consisted of me getting up in the morning, making a pot of coffee, sitting at the computer, working on ARC, and going to bed. That was my life for a year, seven days a week. That was it. I didn't go to no parties. <laughs> I didn't go to no movies. I would, you know, if I wanted to take a break, I would, like, you know, make food and watch television for 30 minutes and then go right back to, to working on ARC. Cup of noodles. Um, yeah. I mean, when I, when I say I spent a year working on ARC, there's no... There's nothing else in that story. <laughs> I spent a year working on ARC. It's like when you learn about Stephen King's process. Exactly. It, it hurts your feelings where you're like, what does he do for a living? He wakes up at 8, uh, caught, 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 you know, newspaper, uh, and then 10 a.m. to like 6 p.m. just writes. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. I would have loved to have knocked every, off at 6 p.m. His day job is every day from yeah. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. He just writes what he's working on now. Yeah. That's what it is. That's wow. why he's written so many things because he that's he just, all he does. He just does it. Yeah. So uh, was that? Uh, sorry to get uh, an aside in there real yeah. quick. Was that? Uh, did that sit well into your existing understanding of how pipelines work and how you work well and all that? Did you? Did, it did. did you I mean, acclimate have, to it there because other people were involved, as you know, because you were one of them. Yeah. Um, I mean the the not uh, much though. It was mostly you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But um, having done a lot of pipeline work, I just sort of keep my own pipeline. I I've learned. <laughs> I've learned to. Um, you know, I've learned to keep my own directory structure clean just from realizing that that's just important to do whether or not you're collaborating or not. Just like it's really, really better to be able to find always be able to just instantly and immediately and, and easily <laughs> give someone else a chunk and, and they have everything they need right yeah. there. I, I've evolved a pipeline system of my own, a directory structure that I've stuck to ever since on every project, and I, I certainly don't regret that because um, I didn't do that on Pink 5 and regretted it immensely. So, but I would just work on it. Now, the upside of it was. No one cared what I was doing, and it, they, they only cared to the extent of when I would show it to 60 Frames or whatever, or Gabe, they would go, this is amazing. <laughs> Keep doing that. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was getting notes of like, okay, now can we have that be a little friendly? You know, I wasn't getting any of that. All I was getting was, how soon is it going to all be done, because we think this is cool. Um, and But and but it was, you know, it was taking a while, because I was like really trying to make it, you know, this is like, the reason I, I signed such a stupid contract like that you know, and agreed to do this for free was because like, well, this is kind of, a, you know, this is like a real world. This is the, you know, these are real TV producers have their name on it. And the real agency is, a, you know, is, is the parent company. And, you know, this is a, this is a step higher into the biz than I've ever been. You know, this is, this is like a shot at something. And I really want to, at make least the, above the line. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this is, this is above, well, below the line doesn't count. So, right. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> so, I wanted to make it as good as I could make it, and everyone was, you know, no one was stopping me from doing that. Um, they just wanted it to be soon, but uh, but so it was a take a while. So I, I actually talked to the head of UTA, uh, to, not UTA, but uh, sixty frames. At one point, I said, "Look, um, it's taken a long time because it's it's this is heavy lifting, you know, and I'm working really hard. So what you've seen so far, you know, it's remember we shot this in three days." Um, a lot of post, you know, the makeup for the fact that, you know, we only spent X dollars to shoot it is because it, need, it assumes it needs a lot of post to bring it up to, you know, the level that we want it to be at. The real budget of ARC is like 140 grand. It's just that I didn't charge you for that last. <laughs> yeah, that last year. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, and also the, all the talent, even on set, you know, should have been paid as well. But, um, 
so so it was good because it's like, well, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. This is my own project, pretty much. You know, it's like there was the script originally, but I've deviated significantly from that. Um, and I'm really in editing. I'm really happy how this is coming together, you know, and it's like I'm impressing myself sometimes with how kind of cool this is looking. And it seems like it's pretty good. So, you know, it was I didn't mind if, if, if I had been paid for those hours, I would have just as happily worked, you know, done dawn to dusk just like I did. It would just would have been nice if there was, you know, I was paid paid hourly for it. That would have been sweet. But I, I did it because it's like, well, you know, this is a step into the, a larger world. Um so I called. The, I talked to the head of sixty frames. I said, "Look, it's 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 taking a long time. I can start cutting corners on the remaining episodes that I'm working on now." Um, and he literally said, "No, no, you keep doing what you're doing." You know, like, hey, you know, you want to keep working for more months for free? Hey, no skin off our nose if the product is great. They literally he gave me, you know, carte blanche to you know keep going, and he didn't give me a delivery deadline. I was like, "All right, great, good. I'll just keep doing it. You'll get episodes as soon as they're done." And then just about when I finally got it finished, 60 frames went out of business. Oh, that's, that's, and that's nice. And that's the end of the story. That's, that, that was it. That's pretty much what happened. Now, there, so watch Ark on Hulu. <laughs> there are a million things in the world where that is the end of the story <laughs> that you will never, ever know about. Yeah. And that's how it works in Hollywood It's sometimes. the beginning of the third act of this movie. Yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> for Ark, that's not the end of the story. So what are you doing with your dumb ass sitting there with 10 completed web series episodes and no one to put them on the internet? Are you just like sitting there like, I want to die and I need food? Yeah, pretty Help, much. Yeah. please. Gee, that plan didn't go at all like I meant. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole thing was kind of contingent on this thing actually gets seen by somebody and that part's not going to happen now. So that sucks. I, I, I backed the wrong horse here. That was a shame. Uh, th- if I'm not mistaken, this might be an interesting time to bring up the question that was just brought up in the chat room uh, from iGem. Uh, <laughs> How dumb are you? No, well, because, well, because the rest, a lot, a lot of the rest of this, maybe not all of it, you were involved for the rest of the, this process and up until now. But uh, that was a lot of uh, things happening where it's like, oh, fucking good. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but up until like this point, the production and the post-production stuff that you were doing, uh, Jim asks, uh, of all of the things that you had control of, mm. uh, is there anything you would have done differently if you had to do the exact same thing again right now? Um, I would assume, I would assume I'd just be budget and just say guess what no or something like that. <laughs> like, no, I said I said no to the first several budgets. I said no to the first several budgets, the first several scripts. The the first script they gave me, I was like, <laughs> no, that's not possible. Nope, yeah. not worth my time. Yeah, no, it's, it can't be done. That was it's like that, this can't be done. It's like because again, people don't know what what's hard and easy in visual effects. Right. So it's like this is a perfectly fine script. And if you had about half a million dollars, I think you could do this script. We can put a screen on that wall for about $30 an hour, maybe 60 an hour. We can put a guy in space in a space suit for <laughs> yeah. not more, than, more that. than you have. So yeah. knowing that, maybe on the hallways. There was, yeah, there was just, it was just stuff. It was like it's way too many. It, just the number of characters. That was the first note I said. It said there was like a dozen characters in the first draft. And I said, literally, I'm counting how many burritos we have to buy at lunch. Just having 12 actors, regardless of what they do in the movie, That's in the four show. times as many burritos. Exactly. The burrito budget just got broken. <laughs> they all have to have costumes. We're going to be spending you know, longer on set because I'm going to have to point the camera at each one of them at least once per scene if they're going to be in the scene. It's going to take longer to shoot scenes. And so you know, it was, it was a, a multi-step process of having... The you know simplifying of simplifying what it was, what? knowing uh, r- roughly what our budget was, and then meanwhile, and these things were kind of happening con- concurrently. Um, 
I, I, you know, they said the budget of this. I was like, mm, no, no, I don't think, no, it can't be done. And the entry level really was, I think they literally were thinking that we were going to just shoot the whole thing on green screen. There was mm. just going to be like, it's like 300. You can totally do that now, right? Mm. Um, and, and so they're like, you know, so, so production can't cost that much. I was literally like saying no to the budget until we, we hit the break point where we could actually shoot on that set. Right. You know, which I'd already talked to them and negotiated a price and, and I had, you know, the, the crew prices and everything else. And I said, just, you know, once you're on the set, once you've cracked that, you know, you've crossed that hurdle and you've gotten to the set, another day on the set is not as bad in terms of budget. Right, right, right. Um, so, I'm assuming the set was a noticeable fraction of the actual budget. Oh, it was budget. a significant line item right. <laughs> of, the, of the budget, yes. It's easily the largest line item in the budget. One more th- And question. ridiculously cheap by, by any standard. One more question before we get back to the story and finish up how Ark went from being something where it's done, no one and, wants to put it anywhere, dead. and now it is on Hulu and, and, that, and the rest of that story. Um, and this doesn't have to actually fit into the narrative of the story you were telling, but if you could go back and say something to Trey the day before filming, <laughs> is there anything you would have said? Or is it just like, you know what? It's going to work. It's going to hurt. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Like anything. Like, just don't get that shot. Yeah, or, the, or, the next two years of your life are going to be much worse than Or you hurry think. through this so you can get that or anything like that. Uh, you know. Is it just kind of all, it worked? There's, there's, Learning all around. There was all kinds of, you know, there was certainly, but I think this is typical of any show where you, you gun and run, where you didn't have time to make a full, you know, shotless plan. And you don't know what you have to do. You always edit. wish, like, wow, I really wish I'd gotten, you know, that. Um but then I had the I had the benefit of since I had total control of the effects and the editing and every other aspect of it, um, and this is the, this is the hidden weapon of of how ninety seconds worth of material became nine minutes in certain episodes cases. Um, I had actors uh, who were also very invested. Adam uh, Adam Carden uh, in the male lead, and and Renee herself, who we get you know we had such a fun time working together, um, and she gradually came to understand what this was and what it wasn't you know there was still this sort of you know at one point she said uh, well i heard you got fifty thousand dollars for this i was like that's technically correct but let me clarify i got fifty thousand dollars for this she thought she thought at one point she'd heard that number she thought that was was your fee that was my fee and so you know when i said hey can i come to your house and do some voiceover she was like i heard you got fifty thousand dollars yeah so she thought i was like making bank off this thing and i'm like no it's totally a labor of stupid love um and once she understood that, then she was totally on board. And and I have since helped her pro bono with her videos. And, you know, it's fun and it's great. It's really, you know, once once we she understood that, I kept saying, just because we met on the set of 90210, I'm just, I don't think I'm that guy. Um, so, so, so much of what is in there, um, Adam, many times, I think we did at least three or four sessions where Adam and I got together totally, just he and I, with a high-def camera and a green screen at a friend's studio um, and shot... A lot of what you see of him is uh, actually green screen shot months later. He kept getting that hair. He kept getting that haircut over and over again. Oh, poor guy! I would, I would say hey, he looked good. I would say Adam, good, yeah, but... you need to get that hair because he had long, shaggy hair when he came in for the audition. And mm. we said you got to get it high and tight if you're going to do the role. He's like, okay. On set, did you think to shoot plates of random angles of the hallways? I did so many times, and so many times this, the the moment before an actor stepped into a shot saved just, my ass. Just roll, just roll five seconds real quick. Yeah. Um, Good job, there's, man. There's, there's, I mean, it would be interesting to do a commentary to go through and point out how much virtual shit is going on in that thing. I've, I've watched Ark a couple times through all the way. I had never noticed any shot of like an insert of Adam, just this guy talking. On the, I'd never noticed any sort of trickery. Half of, half of, uh, Good what, job, half of what goes on in the in the back half, the later episodes especially. I mean, the, uh, first of all, I, one of the things is um, you'll notice that once if you watch the series. 
that uh, you know once Renee puts the head on, you never see her lips move again. Not a single thing she says for the remaining two and a half episodes is what we recorded on set. Virtually everything she says was rewritten and changed later in her living room. You know, sitting in her living room and recording and and doing new dialogue. Um, most of Adam watching her on monitors is actually green screen shot months later, and I just threw the threw the background behind him. Um, so most of guerrilla filmmaking is not measured in what can you do for this amount of money. It's well. You know, we can do, I don't want to, we can. It's measured in pain. It's yeah. measured in how much work do you want to put into this later to make it work. Yeah, it totally is. And I gave, you know, I gave, <laughs> 60, fun, I gave 60 frames that option and they said, no, no, you know, whatever you're doing, we want you to keep doing that. For free. Yeah, exactly. Because, hey, why would we, we gave argue, you 50 grand? Why would we argue with that? It's like, you know, it's like, I mean, I think they were probably shocked. Like, when's he going to ask for more money? That's where this conversation is clearly going. He's going to go, I need more money. Right. You know, <laughs> and, I, and there's no, I, I signed the contract. Deal's a deal. So I'm just telling you, it's going to take longer or I can start cutting corners. And they were like, no, keep going. So you got all your episodes, What's, 60 frames out of business. What's the uh, the summary from uh, then to Hulu? Um, then it kind of sat there for about a freaking year um, <laughs> oh, in God. which I said, you know, like, wow, it would have been nice if the, anyone had ever seen that, you know. <laughs> and then like, which totally backfired because Renee and I had been grassroots promoting it all this time. <laughs> And it took like all this time, and then people were like, "Does it even exist? Did you ever even make that? We totally made it! I swear to God, we totally made that thing. It's done. I can't it show exists. you. I can't show. But it it's to you. done. And the times I was tempted just to like put it on YouTube. Oh, how did that get there? Just to you know, accidentally, I would go to the. Someone hacked me. A fucking Julian Assange. Yeah, I would go to the conventions. I would go to the conventions. I literally would like have a DVD, and I would put it like Renee would have a booth at a convention, and I'd go hang out with her. I'd literally put a DVD player and go, "Look, there's freaking Ark." Go on the internet and tell your friends you saw it. At any of those points, did you have like a, a Renee fan come up and just like sit in front of the TV and watch all the way through? They totally did. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, they totally did. So they could be the one who said, I saw it. I it, it's real. And they post they, a review on a forum somewhere. They actually made it. It does exist. I have seen ARC. We literally were, were doing that. You know, We showed clips at the Xena convention just to prove that we freaking did that thing that we talked about that suddenly didn't seem to exist. From my vantage point from there to Hulu was just a bunch of Trey kind of hating <laughs> hating that, 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 that part of his life. <laughs> it really was. It was uh, just like, wow, I couldn't have made a worse choice there. There wasn't like a cool story where in the middle of that he jumped over the Grand Canyon on a motorcycle or something. It's no, just, it really. sucks, and then it sucks, and then it... Oh, really? Really? And <laughs> yeah. then fucking Hulu. What, what happened was, and again, it comes back to lawyers, is um, Gabe and Jeff, who have better lawyers than, than I ever will have or, or should have, um, I, kept, I kept, you know, I would prod them every so often. I'm like, well, look, if 60 Frames isn't going to do anything, what will it take to get it back? You know, just like give it back to us. You know, it's like I literally is I talked dollar amount. Is... I, yeah. I, and there was a dollar amount. I talked to the head of 60 Frames myself and I said, look, if you just want to like sell it outright, how much? And he named a number that I was like, that's not a crazy number. That's not a bad number. It's more than 50,000. Obviously, he wanted, you know, he wanted more. Then uh, he put in. They um, didn't have sixty frames. Didn't have some kind of like going out of business sale, some sort <laughs> you of fire sale. Actually, the luckiest thing I, I think of in retrospect is that we didn't get sold off as an asset to God knows who. Mm-hmm. You know, just at, at fire prices. You know, at fire right. sale prices. You just got bought by fuck all films. Yeah, who are not going to do anything? Well, because like sixty frames had this attitude that that uh, they had they they said, well, you know, we've tried to place it and and no one wants it. And then, you know, and meanwhile, um, you know, Sh- uh, Shane Felix had come out with uh, Trenches, which was made at ABC under the ABC initiative that we initially, way back when, started to be part of. Yeah, I worked on um, Trenches. Yeah, you worked on Trenches. Mm. And Trenches had come out and, uh, you know, and the whole uh, the whole ABC, which was called Stage 9, that was their yeah. initiative. Stage 9 had gone, you know, Disney said, well, there's no money in that shit. And they shut that down. There's, a, there's, there's another hour long story about one, they fucking shut Trenches. That down. But, yeah. Yeah. 
Fox had an initiative for web series. They shut that down. All the studios started web projects and web initiatives, and then they all abandoned them and shut them down. Most of them hadn't ever done anything at all. Um, ABC was amazing because they actually released like two projects. Trenches was one of them. It's amazing so, that you, uh, like philosophically, you ended up getting uh, a web series job at the <laughs> beginning of the web series might work phase. Yeah. And by the time... With a, with it, a spectacularly and, and high by, budget for web series right, in right, right. 2008. Like a real ass goddamn fucking web series. Yeah. And then by the second... That web series were like, nope, we don't think so. This was now we think so again. But at <laughs> yeah. the time, it was you know what? No, arc the, is done. And by the time we were done, Fred was what the big new <laughs> was what everyone wanted to see on the it's internet. Fred! They're mm. about to make the third Fred movie right now. Um, so they made two. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, arc is good. You're not the target market, so you're not aware of these <laughs> things. So fuck off. Yes, <sighs> exactly. So so. Um, so, but sixty frames was saying, "Look, there's no no one's interested in arc, you know." And I crackle, crackle, because because trenches went through the exact same thing, S- you know. Stage nine shut down, and and trenches was in limbo. You know, Shane was like for months and months. Shane was like in the same exact spot. He, he and I were both in the same exact spot. I swear to God, I made trenches. I just can't show it to you because I don't own it, and the people who own it aren't doing anything with it because they don't do this anymore. It's exactly the same scenario. Then finally they placed it with Crackle, and he was able to go, yes, look, there it is. It's on Crackle. Um, So then I was shortly thereafter had a conversation with the 60 Frames guy, and he said, yeah, there's no market for it. I'm like, what about Crackle? Crackle just did trenches. This this would be apparent. This is like a... This is like a sister show to, to fucking Trenches. It's, it, Shane and I know each other. We have the same background. It's like we should be touring together with these two projects. He's a fan film guy. I'm a fan film guy. We have visual effects people in common who worked on both projects. They're both these little 30-second, 90-second episodes that build up to a sci-fi story. And he was like, yeah, Crackle didn't want it. And I said, why didn't Crackle want it? And they said, well, they thought the episodes were too, too short. You know, they wanted more episodes. I'm like, I'm like, but that's how many episodes there are. Every, and every objection he said Crackle had was not actually true of ARC. He goes, well, they wanted you know, 10 episodes. There are 10 episodes. Well, they wanted this. They wanted it in, that. They wanted it to be in color. Yeah, exactly. They wanted to have sound. They wanted to talk you, sorry. Whatever it was. So anyway, so the, the, then the, now it's like, well, you know, we shopped it as hard as we could, and no one wants to show it. Um, oh. And I was, like, I was like, well, great. Well, then it has no value, so give it back to us. We'll, we'll buy it back. You don't expect them to say, you did good, sorry. <laughs> but still, it's yeah. like, two years. Yeah. So then, but it was it's Gabe and Jeff and their attorney who who got got it back. However, they arranged it, you know, and and uh, and they arranged it. And the deal, without giving too much away, because you know, obviously, you can't talk about it too much. But the deal was, they said they basically got it back on a contingency. It's like, look, we'll we'll get you your money back. Just give it to us so we can start making money off of it somehow. Um, so we still technically owed. 60 frames or their parent company whoever it technically was we we owed them you know a, a negotiated number um and as soon as gabe said to me we 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 can place we got arc we got the rights to arc we can we can do something with it i said take it to hulu because literally hulu right that week was had, had had started to show league of extraordinary dancers and things like that they were showing high-end web series i said take it to hulu and let's see um well, you were with me on Moby yeah, Dick. It was, it was during production of Moby Dick. It, because weird coincidence number nine of this whole thing. is As we're actually shooting on that very same soundstage as Trey's directing Moby Dick. I'm with Renee O'Connor. With Renee O'Connor. I'm we're on the out. same set. 
I'm actually, and if you watch Moby Dick, the down that hallway set, on the other side of that wall of the set, I'm sitting at this little fold-out table in the corner, along with the, the DIT for the show for Moby Dick, who's downloading the footage of Moby Dick. I'm sitting there trying to upload ARC to the Hulu servers, yeah. which we tried to do, and it would have taken like three weeks. Do you still know the for, passwords? Uh, <laughs> no, it was an FTP. Because um, uh, I, I want to put all my stuff on Hulu. Yeah. Well, the, well the, the problem was it was... You know the internet connection wasn't that great, so yeah, it, it would have. We're using the studio's wireless. Yeah, you know, it's the kind of dodgy. actual Laurel Canyon stages uh, to to upload it, and it would have taken like three weeks, and it had to be up by what? Because again, it was a Comic Con crunch. As soon as as soon as Hulu saw it, they said, "Give this to us. We want this to put this online immediately." And it was it was a it was another Comic Con crunch because Comic Con was in like three days, and they yeah. wanted it to, to go live before then. So we're sitting there stressing about trying to get this uploaded in time, yeah. and finally, we and just, I was like, I've been sitting home. For a year, eating saltine crackers. I've got one job: directing a movie. This week is, that's, the, is that's, the week. That's all I'm doing this whole year. This is the week that Ark becomes a crunch. All of a sudden, and it ended up we we actually had to physically take a hard drive down to uh, we the drove Hulu after a, after a full after twelve a hour shoot. Day. Yeah, we drove we drove to a hard Santa drive Monica. hard drive down to Santa Monica to Hulu's offices and and Which are very nice offices, lovely offices, and uh, very 1990s San Francisco dot com. Very much. And uh, and handed it over, and it was. And another thing you had to do is, I was like Brian, they need episode oh, synopses. Yes. yes. And I was like, just just write something about every episode because it has to be part of the thing. In episode three, Connie discovers a, a weird phenomenon or whatever it was. <laughs> to this day, I, what, whatever you read on Hulu, Brian wrote that. That's right. Yep. <laughs> in, in like that, that that description of you know two people wake up yeah. from different decades. Brian wrote that. That's I wrote that. In like eight seconds in the dark <laughs> next to the set. Did you get WGA credit? I wish. Yeah. No. Nor did I. Um, and then, so while we were still shooting, you know, I'm there with Renee, going, "Hey, so we're arcs on Hulu." By the way, <laughs> by the way, my friends Trey and Brian didn't tell me this. I mean, I knew it was happening. I just didn't know like on what time frame. It happened so quick. I didn't we know. Had no I idea didn't know it was, it was on. We were quick. also making a goddamn movie. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know it was on tomorrow time frame. It's like Brian and Trey are online this week. That's weird. Mm. Usually, one of them's online at some point. All of a sudden. I load up Hulu because I want to watch today's Daily Show, <laughs> and number one, the first On thumbnail, the banner. Ark. It's like, oh, <laughs> fucking crazy, right? There it is. Holy shit! And all ten episodes are up at once, right? It's yeah. it's yeah, it's it nine up. it's nine episodes. Um, just because when nobody gave a shit, I took the two shortest episodes and combined them and made them one episode. So uh, it's now nine episodes. Still forty five minutes or so, right? Oh yeah, the, the, and uh, all I cut was you know a, a, an the, intro the and intro. credits. Yeah, and but then, literally, uh, I, I cut. I took the two shortest episodes. I cut them together. It's still the shortest episode of all the episodes. Imagine wow. how short that would have been if I hadn't done that. So for the forty fifth time in your life, you're the guy who just put something online, and now you're reading what the world has to say about it. And it went yeah, and it exploded. Uh, what was the was was that <laughs> part? Was that just like uh, when uh, P five two came out, or was that the same sort of thing? I also remember, you know, at the end of any given production day, I w- we would be driving, and I would be driving, and Trey would say, "Hey, can I use your iPhone and kind of like check the internet?" Because <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. there's comments on uh, Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! So every day for those few days, for you know, because that was towards this, no, that was towards the beginning of shooting on Movie Dick, but it was Probably every day at the week. end of the day, it was like. Okay, what what did people say about Moby Dick today? Yeah, uh, no, about about Ark. About Ark. <laughs> and they weren't saying shit about Moby Dick yet. That came later. Yeah. Those comments I've never read, but that's okay. Obviously, uh, the, but big, they were, the biggest was, They were shockingly positive. Yeah. You know, it, I've like, never ever seen consistently that good comments 
about anything on the internet ever. Yeah. Especially when it doesn't like the only negative comments I've seen haven't been content related. They've been why is it so when short? are we gonna get when are we gonna get the full season? Yeah. It's like and and uh, the and the one that I love, don't get interested in this because they're not gonna make any more. So don't get invested in it. Don't watch it. <laughs> it tells is, a story. Fuck you. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So Which is it's just it's it's so crazy to me that people have that logic. It's the same logic that very strange people say about television shows. Don't watch it because they'll just cancel it. You are aware what makes people what makes them cancel <laughs> shows, right? They cancel the ones that people don't watch. If you want a show to stay on the air, you should encourage people to watch. Well, it's a, sometimes it's the same philosophy. Like, listen, yeah, Nader sounds pretty good too, but please, for the love of God, don't vote for Nader. <laughs> I think it's the same kind of philosophy sometimes. I don't think that's a self-defeating one. It's like I like that show. I'm not going to watch it because it's going to be canceled. <laughs> that's just going to break my heart. Yeah. I painted this new thing of fucking Pikachu cutting his wrists on DeviantArt. <laughs> um, but just Pikachu. that idea. I like, forgot to, about to, that reference. Uh, that's the part. But, and you can see the, 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 the comments that you were asking about the comments. The comments that boggle my mind are the people who literally say, don't watch this because they won't make any more. It's how many people watch it that determine if we're going to make any more, you idiot. How do yeah. you think the, the world works? There was a, I tweeted about this a while back where someone had said, I was on a, like a thread for an, uh, a sci-fi channel show that I, I, I watched an episode of. I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. I was going to look at the boards and see if there's people asking cool questions, what the, what the season did, that kind of stuff. And there was a thread called uh, something something. And the content, I literally just <laughs> I copied this and pasted it on Twitter. It was... Um, I don't watch any series until the end of the at least first season because if it sucks, I don't want to have to be burdened with it. And if I'm going to like it, it's probably going to be canceled anyway or something like that. It was like, I'm not going to watch this because it's just going to break my heart. It's like, wow, you much like Mobius strips because that'll just keep. <laughs> yeah, you can make that argument 45 times in a row and it will have exactly as much relevance as it had the first time. If you like it. Watch it. You don't have to fucking petition. Just watch it. Appear as a number on some system. Anyway, okay, so this is the first time uh, in terms of all the, the myriad Trey Stokes projects and Trey Stokes headed projects. <laughs> you say where like it's a thing. You have all of the, uh, all of the, the, the previous uh, Alien Dog and mostly, I would assume, Pink Five fans at that point. And nope. then people that are like the four people that are like excited about the upcoming asylum movies. But you have the Trey Stokes audience. Right. And then yeah. the, 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 the broad ass swatch of Renee O'Connor sure. audience. Yeah. Coming together on one project at once. In terms of and we've all lived this, so if if it's not interesting, then it's not interesting. But was there anything in particular that, that was like, hey, holy shit, Renee audience? We made, we made, meet the Trey audience. We used to joke about yeah, we're trying to we're trying to take the Star Wars hardcore Star Wars fan film fandom and the hardcore Xena and try and meld them into a fighting force of extraordinary magnitude. I just love to see one guy on the forum on the Xena boards who yeah. it's like, oh, hey, Dorkman Scott or something. Where it's like, <laughs> I know that guy from the fucking fan films thing. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm here from the Xena forums. We yeah. didn't have that on Apocalypse have where a, one guy in crossover. the, the creepy ass giantess fetishists was a guy we also knew from a different fan, like oh, filmmaking yeah. forum. It was like, right. oh, mm. really? Hi, man. Getting to know you. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, good to see you're here. What? <laughs> anyway. So um, so two things, and I guess um, unless you have another question, I'm going to anticipate what your next question would be, which is like, so now what the fuck? Something like that? <laughs> I was going to say finish off the story, and if, we, if there's any questions from the chat room or us, we can yeah. do that. Well, I'll, I'll preemptively 
answer two questions, which are the frequently, most frequently asked questions. Um, one of which, why just America, you fucking hater of the rest of the world? Um, and this and this is uh, so true for so many projects where people... It's just the guy that made it is racist. Yeah, exactly. For, for all it's, of them. It's because I hate Belgium. Have I not been clear about that? Um, it's Here's the thing about uh, here's the thing about ARC is we license it to Hulu. Um Hulu is U.S. only because of a whole lot of legal reasons that are Hulu specific um, because showing anything in any other country involves a whole lot of laws. And the fact we talked about this in intermission we did recently, uh, another intermission, you know, the fact that they can get anything online to show anywhere is a, is a legal miracle. I mean, you know, our, our mutual friend Serge spent three years at MGM clearing music from old television episodes so that they could be put online. I mean, it's not like, just upload it, what the fuck, MGM. Uh, it's a huge process to clear something to be allowed nine people, online. Nine people deserve a cent of that, and we have to figure out who they are and how many <laughs> exactly. cents each. From contracts that predate the internet, so they don't say anything about what happens when, when a show's on the internet because it didn't exist at the time. Yeah. So um, so Hulu, because and they are expanding, Hulu is now, uh, they have South American issue, the branch, so I think they're in Japan now. They're, they're, they're starting to grow worldwide, but this is a lengthy, tedious, legal thing that is entirely their thing. The only reason ARC is not available to the rest of the world is because Hulu is not available to the rest of the world. The reason that um, I didn't just put ARC on YouTube, which was my plan, because I was the guy who was being told no one cares about ARC, and I said, fine, fuck it, I'll put it on YouTube so at least people can see it if they want to. The instant it went on Hulu and went through the fucking roof and became so popular that Hulu themselves won't tell us how popular it is. Um, <laughs> no, they well they they have to pay money, um, but they don't pay us money. Right. They pay money to the people that own it, which is part of the deal. You know, we'll give us Arc, we'll place it somewhere. You'll get the you know until you get your money back, which I'm happy to report. Months ago, Arc paid for itself and is now in profit. Yay! Thank you. Um, so if you you tor- could have bought a car with your web series. So if you torrented Arc instead of watching it and and helping pay for the production of Arc, suck my taint. You're an evil scumbag. Thanks for nothing. Um, I don't care if you wanted to see it because you're in Japan. You can't yet. That's just how life is. Um, but the reason is um, I was going to put it on YouTube and block it in America. So you in America, you'd have to watch it on Hulu and, and let it be visible in the rest of the world. And I was told, oh, no, you can't do that because it's, pro- it's, it's a valuable property. Um, so then months went by while Game and Jeff... While I went, I'm still eating saltines over here. Um, While Gabe and Jeff finally placed it with a company called Content Media. And if you go to Content Media, uh, go to their website, look up their recent acquisitions. You will see a little page on ARC. You'll see a lovely brochure they put together with ARC in it. So Content Media Wholesale owns ARC now? Content Media is the distribution company for the rest of the world of ARC. Okay. Um, and that's how distribution works. You know, it's the real, it's the big, it's the big boy model applied to, to the internet. So if you want, Arc to be seen in your country. Don't write me an angry email because it's not up to me. Write content media and say, you should, you know. I want it in Finland, please. Yes. Well, and write to them and say, I have a television station in Finland or I have a major internet place in Finland because they're looking for a place to place it where it will make money. And when they do, we'll get more money. The reason I ask is that helps us make more arc. In the, uh, in the chat, I was, was wondering, so at this point, in the yes. 25 people on the line, who owns Arc now? Um, it breaks down like this. Robbie created it, so he has a piece of whatever it makes in any media. Um, Gabe and Jeff licensed it from Robbie. Um, they have control over it creatively 
whatever that's Robbie's deal, which I have no part in and don't know specifics, but Gabe and Jeff can call the shots on it. 60 Frames owns the existing episodes. They paid for those episodes. They own real profits from them. They accrue profits from them. Um, a share of profits, certainly. They've made their money back. I think now there's a split that goes on. As far as any future episodes of ARC, that's totally up for grabs. The people to buy it from are Gabe and Jeff. Right. Um, are you anywhere in there at all? I'm totally in there because it didn't make me any money, but, but they recognized that there was Trey was there. There was kind of a magic leprechaun that made that thing kind of come together. Um, and then there was that you know that hot blonde chick that had a huge fan base that that didn't hurt either. And uh, and and we're buds now, so it was like you know anytime it's like you know someone said, well, am I you know can't take maybe we can do it without Renee. Uh, I say no. <laughs> if they go to Renee and say, "Hey, we're going to do it without Trey this time," I, I think I think Renee would say no. Um, so, right. so uh, that's why. And and why do that? I mean, the, the, again, it's like why do that? It's like, hey, it kind of worked the first time, and it's not like we're difficult people who ask for a lot of money. Um, so the the future of Arc is well, is I'm not doing it again for free. <laughs> so, so the budget will have to go up. Um, the the thing about it is, uh, you know, and I, I this is literally ongoing right now. It has been ongoing for a long time because, unfortunately, we missed we missed one more dip in the roller coaster, which is like, our came out on Hulu and it was a huge hit, hooray! Then we had a global economic meltdown, in which no one put money into anything for the last three years. So once again, just at the oh, this is a good no fuck no, the whole world went in the toilet instead. Um, so, you know, investing in crazy shit like web series, that stopped happening. Jesus. Um, so all the money's going to olive oil, macaroni and cheese. Pretty much. And canned good can goods and shotguns, um, as it should. So, um, <laughs> we're gradually coming out of that, you the know, canned good and shotguns standard. Yeah. We're, we're gradually coming out of that horrifying period in our history. Um, we hope, um, we hope we don't dip back down again. Um, without giving away too much, uh, we, are continue to be successful on Hulu despite the efforts of douchebags to tell people not to watch the show. And shockingly, I know it's hard sell, and I know it's it seems unlikely, but yes, the show that we made, God help me, three and a half years ago, <laughs> we are ready and willing and hoping and attempting to continue it. All the actors are like, as of you know, two weeks ago. Yes, we we're all on board. We all want to do it. Adam and I are going to go scouting locations on Tuesday. Yay! We're going to go look at a location. I was scouting locations all through Christmas break. Um, we absolutely have a plan. We absolutely have a episode guide, an outline. Um, I've been writing the show bible like a like a crazy mink, and we have people who are waiting to see that show bible and want to put money in. Um, we might end up having more than one people who want to see the show bible, and it's literally a matter of. A budget that is not crazy. We're not going to be TV budget. We're not going to be movie budget anywhere close. We're going to be slightly better than an asylum budget uh, is our target. And if someone wants to give us more money, then Yahoo. But um, we're looking for a budget that's ridiculously tiny by TV standards or movie standards. Um, kind of surprisingly high for web so far. But the web in the intervening three years has become a much bigger market. And shows, you know, shows with really kind of significant budgets are now getting greenlit. So going in with the track record of here's what we made already, and it's this popular. Um, actually, the sticking point right now is that I just haven't finished up writing that show Bible yet, and I'm going to go do that. Um, that's kind of what I've been working on. In the, uh, in the chat, x points out, uh, you should get Nathan Fillion to be in it because then people would watch it. 
They worked for Castle. I uh, yeah, kind of <laughs> clearly. Because what other reason would there be? That's I, the one sentence exactly correct fucking statement about Castle. I have you know it's like from day one when we were shooting on a, a you know an episode. You know, a, a set that was used in an episode of Firefly. Again, a lot of people say it was the Firefly set, which is not. No, you no. Know, in an episode of Firefly, um, and everything else you've ever seen too. Um, and there was some. So, I mean, Hannah had just met Nathan Fillion or whatever like that. But I thought it would be fun to have like do like a you know because we want to do like and this ties into an iteration we did about promoting things that don't exist yet. You know, how do you generate interest? And I always thought it'd be fun to like, hey, we're walking around on the set of you know at the time. We're walking around the set of uh, this was used in an episode of Firefly. If you're if you're looking closely, and then have Nathan Fillion step in and go, "Can I, Nathan? You're not in this. I'm sorry. You're just not in this one. Okay, that's great. That'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> as long as it was clear to people that he or actually just, isn't in it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like a shot in Arc season two, episode one, where three guys are running down the hall with guns, <laughs> and the middle one is Nathan Fillion. Never back. <laughs> yeah. Never back. Just that was Nathan running he's by got, with a gun. He's got sunglasses on. I, was like, I think that was Nathan Fillion. Why the fuck no, would that no, be Nathan, no, it Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Fillion? It wasn't Nathan Fillion. It was like the most recent episode of The Office. Uh, Steve Carell is just one of the guys in the bar wearing a fake beard. It's like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've got. Uh, the other guy's Alan Tudyk. We've got um, seven minutes left. Well, on here's this the thing. One. The, the true answer to that question is, you know, um, we we accidentally got Renee. I mean, we got Renee by, by what turned out to be a, a, a great lucky twist of fate, and you know she's uh, fantastic. And, and amidst many unlucky twists, of exactly fate. one of the few you know great uh, strokes of good luck that we had was getting Renee because you know she was and is remains a, a great friend of mine and, and fun to work with and extremely talented and and totally on board with doing doing more arc if we can you know get some money and you know I guess we have to get her a trailer maybe this time, which is fine because I get one too, and I'm gonna live in it. <laughs> but that's I get to keep it. That's the deal. One trailer. That's all I want. Um, but uh, I think you know the next time is again web in general has become more accepted and people are more interested in it. Um, that would be that's absolutely day one. It's like okay, who else? Who else can we get this time? I got there's lots more roles now in in what I have envisioned. I think we have Felicia Day in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Felicia Day is like my would be least on my list because it's like what isn't she in? Um, but hey, you know, I, I got hey, I get to go to my own phone, and I've got Barry Bostwick. Mm-hmm. Hey, Barry, what are you doing this weekend? I have a question for Michael Dorkman, Scott. He's been sitting there for an hour yeah, and twenty three yes. minutes. This has been an hour and twenty three minutes. Hour yep. and twenty three. Good God, twenty four. Twenty four. Now you would think that I like the sound of my own. Mike, voice. did you I see Ark? Want it known no. that I don't. <laughs> what the hell, you son of a! <laughs> <laughs> you son of a! I, I was hope. I hope you're watching on your fucking phone right now. You I'm, I was going. Life. I was going to watch it tonight, because now I feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest web series ever, you cunt. <laughs> and be sure and leave a post about how people should watch it. Yeah. Did you have any oh, questions about any specific episodes or <laughs> story things? Uh, so what did you think the significance of the numbers on, ex- the, on the computer screen were? That answers one question. When we were submitting for uh, the IWTV Awards, of which we got no nominations, fuck you, IWTV, um, I, I, I put it out to the panelists because I, I you have to submit an episode um, for whatever category and we put ourselves up for directing and acting and visual effects and everything else. And I put it out to the panel like, hey, so anyone want to like, you know, what do you think was the best, uh, you know, acting acting wise episode or what represents directing, you know, just so it's not my my own call, you know, it's like I, I probably, and no one responded. Mm-hmm. So I was like, those guys probably never even watched Ark. <laughs> but that's, I'm, I'm, I watched Ark. I'm actually, well, yeah, you couldn't <laughs> help it. I, 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 but I'm actually okay with that. I, like, to, be, to be perfectly fair, I've never demanded that anyone, you know, I mean, Check me on this. It's like, do I go, guys? I made a thing. You totally have to watch it. I mean, usually it's, usually you have to work to find out that I made a thing. Is that not true? It's like, did you? Yeah. Like, how'd you find out? You literally watched Hulu. I was going to Hulu, and then there was Ark, <laughs> and Ark was up. Well, uh, it was because I I remember along the process. I remember yeah. Ark 
Like, I think the problem is Ark, in my mind, is still that thing that just never That will never see the light of day. It never got out there. Yeah. So you were like, oh, it's on Hulu. I'm like, I got to check that out next time I have a chance to, like, sit down with Hulu. <laughs> and then I don't, and then it goes, and then it just defaults back in my brain. Like, yeah. Ark never came out. That sucks. And it, so <laughs> every time I'm reminded, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go watch that. So I will tonight because now we I'm on You should watch it on Play All because that way at least it will stream. Because, I mean, I'm annoyed as, as fuck by... The, you know, Jesus right. Christ, that episode was 90 seconds long. Right. You know? And it's like, again, I'm going to go on record. I was the first to hate that. I was the first to hate logo, that, and I still logo, do. Logo, logo, arc, <laughs> yeah. show, credit. Geico commercial. Yeah. <laughs> logo, 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 arc, show, credits. Geico commercial. Yeah. And, and again, just, again, bear with us on this. The Geico commercial is what's paying for ARC. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the world of business. So, Zarban, to ask, uh, answer your question in the chat, you said, uh, what the hell's going on in ARC? Uh, <laughs> I want to know more. Where's the ending? Is there more you'd like to know? What you it's do is you go to Hulu. You go to Hulu. You post a bunch of positive responses. You uh, get the fan base excited about it, get a bunch of positive ratings. And you and watch that Geico commercial over and over watch it as again. as many times as you can stand. If you could actually buy some auto insurance, that would be helpful. Yes, if you could literally click to the Geico website click to it, and buy, buy just, Geico insurance. Oh, just hey, like a policy for like six I months. I just totally switched to Geico the other day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're welcome, Trey. I, Okay, thank you. I hope you did it by clicking the link Brian, on ARC. Yeah. Your new insurance policy? It's paying for ARC. That's right. That is. And wait, wait, hope, hopefully on. Trey will have a job for me. Take that progressive. Just, wait a second. Hey, I mean, my biggest me. worry is that you have a job. That's like, true. Let me do the calculation here. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Carry the nine. Your policy, but <laughs> 16 burritos. 16 Hooray! burritos. <laughs> cool. I'm totally coming down to set and eating all 16 oh, Okay, well, that's fair. Anyway, uh, in, this, in this, this, the next minute and a half when we have to finish out before the episode's at an hour and 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> God. No, it's just, yeah, I, I like, I, you know, this might not be something, obviously, intermission episodes are not mandatory listening, yeah. but I like the idea of I'm wh- trying to think of a thing. telling the story of a project from beginning to end was, is really interesting to me. I probably shouldn't even say this on the air. I'm trying to think of a thing because- I'll um, say it. I'm just, <laughs> back off. Some of it's some of it's actionable. Um, it's it. See, just because no one knows where to see Ark outside of the U.S. doesn't mean it's not possible. And I'm not talking about torrents, because fuck you if you're torrenting it. But um, it does exist with a substantial amount of googling <laughs> of the word Ark and, and trace shows no, in your country. No, no amount of googling would do it. I'm just. Oh, I, I know where it is. Gotcha. And I could make it viewable. And I'm trying to think if there's a way I can, for special down in front non-Americans who haven't already torrented it, in which case, Fuck screw you. you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to think on that. There'll be a thread for this when it hits the air. Yeah, I mean, we can you know, find some. Our way. email is downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Yeah, but it's probably not going to be a real thing. But that's a, to- that's a total non sequitur. That has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, we're no. never. We're not going to do that. That's just, I'm just saying, if you want to email us questions for further animation episodes, you can contact us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Also, this does not constitute legal advice. No, (laughs) certainly not. (laughs) I'm not advocating copyright violation of any kind. It's not a copyright violation in this case. It's it's, it's a legal, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the one who's entitled to show it to other people, but I think if I show it to a few people, it counts as promotion. You're a specialist. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have one minute left. My opinion of ARC having watched it is this is... Uh, fucking astounding in terms of an accomplishment in terms of just the visual effects process because any one of those shots is what it is it's just that there's like 9,000 of them that boggles my fucking mind that one guy did those for the most part uh, and bi- and built most of them from scratch some of them built from 
like a discrete part here or there that I made a screen that's in the background. But most of it is just Trey doing that shot, working on it, revision. <laughs> no, nope. preview, days, preview, they... preview. No, nope. checking this uh, opacity change. Okay, that one's done. Okay, moving on to number 698. <laughs> Fucking blows my mind. I'll the show th- itself is good. Uh, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy Renee. I enjoy the direction. Uh, I, 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 I love indie filmmaking and, and seeing Go what on, it is. I love this. And uh, it's, it's damn good stuff, especially for 50 grand. That should have been 250 grand. It's really fucking stupid, impressive, and quality. It's, it's something that you, you watch and you, you can't stop because every single stupid little 90-second cookie of a fucking show ends on a cliffhanger. It's like, ah, damn it, Geico commercial. <laughs> Watching the next one. Uh, and it's it's good stuff. They like snacks. Brian, did you like Ark? Yeah, I liked it. I think, uh, I, and I don't think this is anything Trey doesn't know, but I think that if Ark has a problem, and I wouldn't classify it as a problem, is that it's all set up and there's no payoff. But the season two and which, everything. Which is always made during Lost. All it was right. ever meant to be. It's, right. It's literally like a, a sneaky backdoor pilot. Yeah. You know. And uh, so it's. Without a pilot budget. You're absolutely left at the end. I, I am as well as if, oh, Waiting for season everybody two. else. is like you get to the end. But what next? <laughs> with the and so you know that's so you post on Hulu and say yay and you email your senator and you get season two yes no. could can you is that something that you can do can you literally call up Hulu in person do they have a public phone number I'm sure there is so yeah. do uh, that guys I don't, I don't know if they'd forward it Dorkman what do you think Ark <laughs> it's made a hell of a story yeah it's <laughs> a hell of a story are you maybe now, better than are the you now worried product. about entering into any legal document with a film production company <laughs> like that's gonna take two years and I'm not gonna get no it. his dad is a copyright yeah lawyer. I wouldn't have signed that contract <laughs> yeah, you probably had a job at the time uh, maybe I don't so, know there you go and uh, Trey thank you for uh, making art and telling <laughs> us the story <laughs> and living to tell about it yeah man um, you, you survived that's yeah. how Hollywood works everybody exactly. and well, it's, as far away as you can in it's you know slow kind of grudging way I mean the, the most the most gratifying comments that, that I've seen on, on uh, Hulu <laughs> are the many and again shockingly many who said if only like sci-fi channel what this is sci-fi this is science fiction stupid sci-fi channel why don't they do you know this all you know these other shows you know, I haven't found a comment that compared us favorably to Terra Nova, but that would really just warm the cockles <laughs> of my heart. But, but that was the most gratifying was that it, 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 you know, the people who said, "I wish more shows were like this because right. I this is what I want science fiction to be like." And that's you should talk to History Channel because that's what yeah, I know. Doing, so, you know? We should talk, actually <laughs> the, the people talk channel. people talk to you now are the Science Channel yeah. because sci-fi isn't sci-fi, but science is turning into the sci-fi. Everything channel. just moved up a level. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, exactly. In abstraction. But uh, but thank you for your kind words about Ark. And and if people are going to be reviewing it and, and marveling at uh, the incredible masochism of my visual effects, the one I want to point out, first of all, $50,000 budget, um, <laughs> literally literally 1% of what a pilot of a TV show would have been. Um, literally. $5 million would be average for, you know, Terra Nova cost four times that much for, than that. But um, the one I want to point out, which is like in retrospect, even I go, wow. What kind of crazy motherfucker was I to even go down this road? Um, there's not a real television screen in ARC. There's not a single... Every single shot of monitors. Every single shot of monitor, that wasn't a shot of a monitor. <laughs> that was a shot of a piece of cardboard. Um, there's not a single actual television image. Which doesn't just mean adding a screen to that. That means making the screen... <laughs> the screen itself. For each one of them, and then adding it to that. And there is, a, if you watch the show, there are literally scenes where there are 45 screens on, on screen. Plus, so. to my understanding, there's a lot of uh, hidden knowledge you can gain from just looking at the screens pretty closely. There's, there's yeah, there's actual... Um, unlike other shows I, I might name, um, we actually knew what we were setting up, and we actually hope to pay it off someday. 
anyway, and that was the story of Ark. Uh, thank you, Trey. Hey, thank you for listening. And thank you for the listeners. Uh, and, uh, and until next week, this has been an episode of a down and fronty sort of thing called The Intermission. Uh, my name is T. Christie. Brian Twitter. Nice cut. Uh, and, you know, Trey Stokes, you've heard of me before. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. Thank you so much for listening, if you still are.